0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Just Two Dads with my co-host, Mr. Sean Francis. I am Brian Altunian. And today's conversation is uh, something that uh, that is going to be, I think, very, very interesting for us to, to, to participate in. I think for all of us, just the, the simple uh, task of getting your hair done and your haircut can be overwhelming, even for the even for the neurotypical person. But if your child is dealing with some sort of neurotypical issue, getting a haircut can be a very traumatic experience. Luckily, there are people out there in the world that provide a safe and loving environment to allow the simple act of a haircut have makes a huge difference in the in the world of our children. With, uh, <laughs> with other issues you can hear it in the background. Uh, it's going on live right now. So we're going to be with, uh, with, with Billy and Rowe from your kind of cuts here in just a second on Just Two Dads. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I am uh, Brian Altunian, along with Sean Francis, in another episode of Just Two Dads. Um, today's conversation um, with the folks at your kind of cuts is uh, is really going to be fascinating. Sean found uh, these folks on on Instagram, and I have to tell you, uh, watching some of the videos on social media and watching how the care and love that these folks provide their clientele is uh, is something uh, to to really honor. And so we're going to have that conversation today. Before we get into it, I just want to thank you for catching us live on Facebook. Please share your comments with us. Questions? If you have any questions um we'll uh, that's a great comment we'll, we'll throw it up on the screen for everybody to see um if you want to catch us after the fact on our youtube channel that we are just two dads please do that like and subscribe so we can build that algorithm up if you're catching us on podcast outlets everywhere thank you for listening in and if any of you folks want to reach out to us Email us at we are just two dads at gmail.com. That's all one word, no spaces, no dots, no lines, no dashes. We are just two dads, T-W-O. We are just two dads at gmail.com. If you're catching us down in the U.S. Virgin Islands at uh, WSTX AM radio, thank you for listening in and letting us be a part of your, your listening day. Um, and so without uh, further ado, we're going to uh, jump into this conversation. Um, I'm going to throw it over to Sean for a little introduction of of uh, Billy Dinnerstein and his and his partner Roe and uh, and the work that they do at at uh, your kind of cuts, and uh, I'm excited to be part of this conversation today. And I think it's going to be um, I think it's going to be really uh, interesting and eye-opening. So without further ado, Mr. Sean Francis, how are you today, my friend?
1: Blessed to be here. We've had a past couple the past couple weeks of a lot of challenges going on in both of our lives. So we've had some um, we have not a live episode. So it's great to be back. Um, I want to make sure that I take the time to just kind of go right into it. Our guests today are uh, two individuals that, um, you know, are warriors, uh, generally speaking, uh, people that give of themselves. Um, Billy Dinnerstein is from the New Jersey area and, you know, uh, grew up in the foster care system. And, you know, there's a a colleague of mine, of those that know, uh, are familiar with uh, my and Brian's story, know that we work in financial services and uh, have taking the time to specialize this, uh, the services that we offer uh, for the special needs community because we're both members of that community. And one of our colleagues at our firm actually ended up sending me um, a clip from the Instagram page of Your Kind of Cuts. And once I saw it, uh, I reached out to to Billy, had a conversation. And uh, here we are today. So Billy grew up in the foster care system. Um, uh, worked various jobs, finished high school. I should say, dropped out of high school at 16. Then went back to get his GED in his 30s. Found his way to hair care, and um, what we don't know, and we'll find out when he joins us. Is what got him into that um, arena and specifically serving special needs families and those with sensory issues. So you see the videos that the level of 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 of. Um, of care that he gives in order to make what is such a challenging experience for those with sensory issues you know a much more uh pleasant one and then in the case of of Roe she actually uh was going to go to school to be a special education teacher and along the way her mom suggested that she probably should do something that would give her a trade at the same time that ended up being hair care and she found a way to bring all those things together and now she and Billy provide those services For um, those in our community with special needs and sensory needs. And so, welcome to the show, Uh, Billy, Dinnerstein, and
2: Roe. Welcome. Billy just walked in. two Two seconds. He said he just got done with a client. Know, the one thing we do is
1: we, we not only do the show live, but we it's as real as it gets, the manner in which we do it. So, you know, uh, we kind of go on the fly. Um, okay. well, why don't we start with I you, can... since we have you with us, Ro, and tell us a bit about um, can... your story can... and how you got to where we are today.
2: Um, my story, Um, been doing here for 37 years. And Billy's been asking me for years to come work here. And I was busy with my own thing. And he kept making me make his shirts, but he would never pick them up. He would always make me drop them off. And that was his way of kind of getting me here to see what's going on. And then it was like a little fishing wheel he wheeled me right in. For and I, day day. Heard, I said, listen, I'll do a Friday, 4 to 7. I seen how it was here. I said, I'll help you out on a Friday night because I was busy with my own business and doing shirts and my other job and then the following week I quit my full-time job and I'm kind of neglecting my shirt business a little bit um, because we're busy here you know we don't have any help but just me and him. Wow
1: uh, so you guys you are the only two barbers at your uh, location. Yes oh and here he
3: is. I think, the I think we're the only um, two barbers in the country to be honest with you. <laughs> <We have to laughs> with everybody.
1: How are you? Good good I'm sure it feels just like that Billy.
3: sometimes. Nice to be seen. Thank you. Sorry to keep you guys waiting. No, that's okay. So, wow, she looks way you, taller than me. Hold on a second. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Lower your seat. Fine.
1: You're too tall. All
3: right, <laughs> there we go.
1: So, so to, to, tell us a little bit about, you know, individually, how because it's one thing to wake up and decide, or to decide in any way that you're going to be a hairstylist or a barber or sort of any profession. It's another thing to decide that you're going to, Offer those services to a specific community, and you know that's a little different. How does that? How did that come about?
3: Um, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I didn't wake up and decide I was going to do it. I think, uh, I think it just came to me naturally. To be honest with you, I mean, who in the right mind would decide to, to do this? I mean, I don't have any autistic children. Um, even people with autistic children who are hairstylists they bring their kids to me. So they didn't even decide to do their own kids. (laughs) Right, Uh, right. Not something I decided to do. I, I, uh, I mean, I'm not a very religious person, but I do believe in karma and everything happens for a reason. So, um, I guess my personality and my work life kind of intermingled and here we are.
1: (laughs) Here we are. Tell us a little bit about, you know about that path Billy because I have appreciation generally speaking but especially with my own experience as a foster parent and an oh, adoptive wow, okay. parent considering that you you know spent time in the foster care system tell us a little about that and, and and the path that got you there since obviously you didn't wake up and just decide it one day how did it then decide for you so uh,
3: you know none, none of it was none of it was my choice obviously right I mean um you know unfortunately I was born in 1970 and you know, nobody could really explain why and why things happened in the 70s, how it unfolded, but it is what it is. I don't blame anybody for it. Just unfortunate circumstances. I am a big believer that not everybody's meant to be a parent, right? <laughs> Just because you can yeah. doesn't mean you should, um, right. you know, and unfortunately, I, I fall into that category. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I seen a lot. I told my 13 year old daughter, that I, I hope that what i seen by the time I was 13, I hope she never has to see in her lifetime or deal with, right? It's unfortunate, and I can sit here and, and say how bad it was, but I know there's so many more people that had it worse than me, so it's not sitting here complaining about it. Um, but I think uh, growing up, being out of the foster system and growing up in Essex County, you know, where you know we lived in, in North New Jersey, which wasn't the safest place back in the, the early 70s, 80s, you know, I bounced around Essex County a lot, Fortunately, I was uh, I landed in Nutley and uh, I didn't know anything about Nutley till I till I got here. Um, but, you know, being here, being through the foster system in Nutley, you know, I learned uh, uh, table etiquette and how to be respectful and polite to other people and work ethic. You know, I had to get up every morning. We had to go to work. and You know, um, you know, there was always kids in the house. You always had to share. It wasn't an option whether you wanted to share. <laughs> you, like, you had no choice. You had to share it. Um, you know, you didn't get to get the new Jordans when they came out. You got to, you know, hopefully there was a leftover pair that wasn't ripped up too bad, right? So, and and yeah, not to yeah. make it sound, you know, horrible. It is what it is, right? There was a lot of good things that came out of that too, um, and you know, I I felt I feel um, even being in the system kind of dealt me a, a raw hand, to be honest with you, because. You know, I don't ever remember going to the dentist. My, my teeth are jacked up now, right? But I don't care. I take care of my kids first. And, um, you know, I didn't get to go on vacation. And I didn't get the luxury of having a new baseball glove every season. Like, I late, later found out that the system's supposed to take care of you like that, right? Didn't know that people were getting paid to have you there. So, at the end, you know, I had a little bitter taste in my mouth about going through the system. How I was allowed to quit school at 16 under the tutelage of the state made no sense to me. But again, it happened. You can't do anything about it except try to make it better. And, um, you know, that that's kind of the basis of my life. right? always try to to do better than than yesterday. Right. And always try to make a leave a positive impact wherever I go. And uh, don't cry about the past. There's nothing we can do about it. Right. We move forward. Um, And saying that, I mean, it kind of led me to where I am. Right. Because. You're always trying to help somebody in need, you know, which is the way I grew up, right? Somebody tried to help me and I'm trying to help somebody else. So that's what I known growing up. And now, you know, um, having the, the great timing of going to hair school, you know, jumping off a cliff and changing careers and going to hair school, you know, allowed me to have a platform where I was able to help people where it wasn't so stressful to do it because I'm not going to anybody. They're coming to me now. And the fact right. that they're coming to me and I can help just makes my job that much easier, right? I mean, I'd be I'd be busy doing something. I'd either be busy cutting hair or busy looking for work, right? Either way, I'm going to be busy. I'm glad that I'm busy cutting hair and they're coming to me and I'm not out there looking for work. And
0: when you when you started cutting hair, did you were you cutting hair for just average person, adults, children? <clears throat> like, how did you kind of get to to where you? I are have today? to be
3: honest with you. The path to, for me getting here has been what I consider unbelievable timing. And um, when I walked away from, you know, a pretty lucrative job that I was, you know, I was probably close to six figures, right? No high school diploma, working Monday through Friday. I was the boss, doing pretty well for myself. You know, the the boss came to me and he told me, he said, you're making too much money. I said, what the hell does that even mean? you like, well, what's too much money? I don't know what that means. He might've been a little right on a couple of weeks, right? But, you know, a couple of weeks, he owed me more, right? But anyway... I decided that, uh, you know, at the time I had my first son, my first child when I was 21 years old. So at 39, my son was, you know, starting his career in college. Uh, You know, um, considering I never graduated, it was a proud moment for me that my kid was going to college, right? And graduating high school was, uh, you know, uh, one more solid link in the chain moving forward. Um, So I decided to, uh, you know, after being told I was making too much money, And realizing that I was still young enough to maybe make a career change, and I was doing something that, although I was very good and successful at, it wasn't really me. It's just something that, you know, I learned when I was 16 and learned how to do warehouse and trucking stuff. And, you know, at the time, my uh, stepfather was working down in the port, so I learned how to knock down pallets and fix garage doors real quick when I was 16, 17, as you're growing up. Um, but I just felt like it wasn't me, you know. I was good at what I did. I I liked what I did. I was I was it was easy. Um, but I just decided, you know, the path, you know, would lead me somewhere else. And uh you know, I walked away and I walked away in a good position that allowed me to kind of hang out for a month or two and kind of assess what I wanted to do. And um, believe it or not, like we could have been having this conversation over a steak because I almost went to culinary school. And the mission when I went to hair school, to be honest with you, was not to cut hair at all. I vowed to have a job or a career that was unlimited and I controlled when I worked and how much money I made and what was too much money. Right. So a lot of independent things out there, you know, a chef being one of them. So my intent was to, to be honest with you at the time was to go to school, learn how to be a colorist. Right. I mean, your wives and girlfriends and sisters and aunts, right? They go spend thousands. Sorry, ladies, but that's what it is. You guys spend thousands, right, getting your hair done, right? So I figured what better way for a, you know, 39-year-old man to go out and hang out with some moms all day, right, talking smack and doing color and getting paid very well. (laughs) So that was the goal while I was in school. And Mm -hmm. the program was about nine months. And I was three months into the program where my girlfriend came to me and said, "Guess what? We're having a baby." I was like, "Oh, wonderful! Thirty-nine years old, full-time student, unemployed with a newborn. Right? How great is that? Perfect. Let's wow. Um, So I, I, you know, I almost walked away and went back to my old job with my tail between my legs, and I probably would have been miserable and kicking myself in the ass for it to this day, but. I use that as momentum to pass my test and study a little harder and make sure you don't go out to lunch with the wrong people that day. you know, You have a test coming and you know, I passed everything with flying colors. The first time I actually received my GED, which was required by the state of New Jersey to get your haircutting license. I passed my GED and my state board exam in the same week. Wow. Study for both of them. And I passed them both in the same week. I couldn't do one without the other. So it was imperative, you know, having a newborn at home already, You know at the end of graduation my daughter came a little early so i was she was actually there when i took my state board test right she was in the carrier already so there was no failing the test the problem with what i was focusing on and what the reality became was you know yes women are spending six seven eight hundred dollars a thousand dollars but they're spending it every eight months right and i can't wait eight months my kid needs to eat tomorrow she got to eat today so I found out that one of my previous barbers that I used to go to, um, he became a partner in a shop. So we were we remained friendly. I went with my tail between my legs and I asked him, I'm like, can you please give me a job? Right. I have a license. I have my own equipment. Right. I'm local. I have a car. I can get back and forth. He said, well, let's give you a shot and see. And, you know, the first week or so or maybe a couple of weeks, like I wasn't even allowed to to do any more than a three fade and a one on the side, right? There was no shape-ups. i never forget the first time I did a shape-up, and I asked a lady about her son. I'm like, so what do you want to do on the sideburn? Do you want them square? And she said, yeah, just square. Square is fine. I literally made the square. right? <laughs> I right? made the square. Like, that was... That was week one, like I made it square. You said square, I figure it was customer service, right? Right. (laughs) You know, the guy came over and for those guys out there who understand the terminology, we ended up brooking it out. You know, we tapered out the sides, we got rid of the sideburns, life was good, client came back and you know, uh, the rest is history. But um, that's kind of where the barbering started. And you know, I, I believe I was there maybe a year or so before I met my very first uh, who I would call today my inspiration. I didn't know it then, but the inspiration on on me getting here right now, I mean, this this child was 12, 13 years old at the time, um, you know, verbal, but very minimal, very shy, reserved, inverted personality, then that's not me, obviously. <laughs> um, you know, I just found myself gravitating to this kid, trying to <clears throat> not only help him get a haircut, but, you know, help him be in a public setting and make them feel relaxed and hang out with them a little yeah. bit. Right. You're no different than me. Right. I'm new. I'm just as new as he is in the shop. Right. I can't even do a shape up yet. Right. So we're just as new together. So, um, you know, after the second or third time I cut this young man, uh, the mom came out to me who, by the way, both his parents are pastors. So I take them for being pretty good judge of character. Um, they came out to me and, and the mom handed me a whole bunch of business cards, you know, hers, her husband's, her daughter's, and the aunt's card and the neighbor's cards Said, listen I don't care. Wherever you go, please reach out to me. Uh, We would like to follow you. Nobody's ever put the time in that you put with my son. And Mm -hmm. I didn't think anything of it at the time, right? I just thought maybe it was the shop I was at, which you know sometimes could be deemed not to be customer service friendly. And I went Mm -hmm. out of my way to be customer service friendly. So I think I thought that's what it was, right? Just the personal connection of having somebody comfortable in the shop. But as it turned out, it wasn't. It was... The actual autism and the fact that my personality and his personality kind of mesh perfectly together, and uh, that child is still with me today, 14 years later. He's one of my wow. favorite you know. He's uh, one of the guys on my Instagram who's sitting in the chair now, singing with Alexa, you know, and then <laughs> laughing with us, you know. And, and he, he's part of the shop now, he knows the routine, he doesn't have to ask for the refrigerator. Go get your water. I know the deal. Use the bathroom before we sit. I know everything, right? He knows. We, we we know each other very well. The parents are very comfortable. We're at the point now where his father sometimes is like, hey, Bill, I'm going to drop him off real quick. I want to run to ShopRite real quick, all right? I, <laughs> that's awesome. But that's good. Like that's, if I can make people feel like that, listen, I'm, I'm doing my job. So um, that was the first inspiration. And I didn't know it until people started asking me, how I started. And I really had to think back because there was no one, one day I woke up and said, Hey, I'm going to open up an autistic barbershop. Like it wasn't like that. It was just something that gravitated. And fortunately for me, you know, that first shop I had is literally right across the street. If I turn the camera around, you can see the shop across the street. That was the first Mm -hmm. one. And the second one, once I left there due to, uh, what I would call just bad management, um, I went around the corner, there was another shop opening Around the corner, I was there for five years, and you know, of course, Matthew followed me there. And not only Matthew, but now I had some other young people with me, or maybe some adults that were uncomfortable in a public setting, being in a barbershop setting where not everybody was there for their concern; they were there for their independent pockets, and mm-hmm. as opposed to, as opposed to being you know customer service friendly and making people feel friendly. Um, um, you know, I knew that the I knew that the service was needed um i thought i'd be competent enough to do it and um due to the unfortunate circumstances of covid i mean that old adage one door closes and another one opens that's exactly what happened to me the people who are here before me um, a little bit on the elderly side um they were a little nervous to open up after covid again so they handed in the key and a week later somebody actually called me out of the blue and said hey listen i know you were thinking about it but you know, so and so is not going to open anymore. If you want to think about talking to the landlord, and I did, and here we are, three years later. Where I just signed another Amazing. three year lease. Matthew's still with me, as well as hundreds and maybe thousands of more clients. So, I mean, I don't know if I could have asked for this to be this script to be written any better. As of this point, I mean, we're not done. You know, I have a couple of priorities that I need to solidify to consider, so I can consider this a success. I mean, I know we helped a lot of people and it's successful for them, but at the end of the day, um, this cannot just be a job for me. This has to turn out to be a career and this has to turn out to be a legacy that'll feed my children and feed my grandchildren and continue to help other families. Otherwise, you know, this is all a waste, right? Not a waste, but, you know, it, it, it is a waste because we're not going to reach our max potential.
2: Right? right. And
3: we'll never reach our max potential because there's always every day, you know, there's somebody in need of help that I think I said in another interview, like it's sad that every day I wake up and I don't get to hire somebody is another day that another family is sitting home afraid to come into the public setting, right? Or, you know, I don't have the time to go to their house or to their facility to help them because we have nobody to help. I know I heard Rose saying when I first came on that there's only two of us, right? And you know, even the two of us sometimes are getting stretched thin now, you know, we're, we're getting stretched pretty thin because this is not just physically, this is not just physically showing up and cutting hair, right? This is, you know, we are trying to, you know, from the, from the minute clients and families walk in the door, right? I mean, I believe it starts there, you know, the handshake, the hands yes. of, of greeting, taking, taking that, that nervous energy away, whatever that preconceived notion when you walk to the door like, I eliminate that immediately from you and let you know that you're in a good spot. We're here to help. And, uh, you know, starting starting like that and ending in the same way, reassuring the kid that he's okay and we're going to have to do it again and he did a great job, right? That is mentally exhausting. And then the physical side of, you know, being on the floor. I mean, I, I swear, man, if anybody representing Advil's out there, man, we need a sponsor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Advil, where you at? <laughs>
3: Um, yeah, right. I, I mean, it's so it's exhausting, and you know it's unfortunate. I mean, I'm not complaining about it, right? Work is work. I'm not complaining. I'm still, yeah. yeah, physically able to get here every day, right? I can still probably beat up both of my kids and still run around with them, right? So I, I'm, I'm still I'm decent enough. But at the end of the day, like you know, we 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 need more help to help more people. That's the serious part of this, like that's incredible. You know, so you know what I love about this,
0: <clears throat> I always find that when we do podcasts, if I'm not talking. Then this is a really good podcast like if i'm not having to say anything this is really good so the fact that you are that you've like that dude that. tell my <laughs> wife that she don't want to hear that dude. <laughs> she
3: don't want to hear that <laughs> yeah, yeah, well i tell her listen if you're talking
0: you're not listening right so it's right that's right i, I mean I, I think i just think i think it's fascinating i think what you've what you've done where you've come from where you're you know what you're doing, and, and there's we have so many questions to to ask you. I'm sure Sean's got a bunch too. I'm here, but yeah. I, I I think, and, and again, Sean, as as the father of of a, of a now young adult, really with autism, he's been through that that haircut experience. So, Sean, I'm going to let you ask about the experience. I'm just going to ask this one question, Billy. It's different for every child that has sensory issues, right? So somehow.
1: One, one second. I, I don't know if there's anything else that was done audio-wise, but there's a there's a, a echo. I don't know if there's. I saw a robot with headphones or something like that. We didn't have no. that a minute ago. Um, okay, all right. Well, I moved a piece of paper, maybe you
3: covered the speaker. Is that better? Is that better? Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it is. Yeah, because now there's no echo. Go ahead. Brian. Yeah, there was a there was a piece of paper on the back of the computer, causing a little canal
2: there. Okay. He's very non who You like non computer.
3: Oh yeah, dude. I don't even want to touch this.
2: I'm afraid to touch it. I'm afraid to shut it off of him. So I don't even
3: want to, not touch this thing. I became a barber to avoid technology and ironically here I am sitting on technology. You know, yep. it's crazy to me. I it's crazy to me. I, this, this part I'm going to have to go on vacation and think about this whole how how this happened, dude. I, <laughs> well, well, that's exactly what I need. I was going to be stuck in this right now, regardless.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the part I wanted to talk about because, okay, you know, first of all, I can tell that um, one of the characteristics of a hero that you have is that you're not comfortable talking about yourself. A true hero is not comfortable speaking about themselves, but if they feel that others are going to get value out of what they have to say, well, then they'll make a sacrifice and do so. And well, just by the way, swarming. Just by the way you're squirming right now as I say that, I can tell I got fidget toys in my head.
2: So, with with that
1: said, what I want to ask you so you, you, we understand how you're led to, hey, maybe I can do this for those with special needs or sensory issues. And, you know, word gets out. Tell us about how you know, the line of demarcation where it kind of changed. And wait a minute, there's a lot of people that are starting to kind of, you know, this is getting some attention. Because when I reached out to you, we had a, we had a frantic conversation because you and I like to talk a lot. But we also had a frantic conversation because you had a little window of time because you had interviews with a bunch of local and as well as national media outlets. Tell us about how that became, you know, when the microscope sort of started to set in.
3: Um, I mean, I wouldn't have recognized it this way back then but now that you're asking and kind of thinking about it i mean it was the first time that you know one of my young previous employees you know made me an instagram page right and i'm a big believer that we were in the neighborhood and uh word of mouth referral growing up in this town you know having some good support and then uh you know doing a lot of positive things in the town. People knew who I was already. I have a lot of friends on the job that work for the town, whether it be public works or or whatever. But So I thought that, you know, that was going to carry me because again, having no idea um, how much we our services were needed, like I didn't understand the full scope yet. But I think the beginning of it all was when we did the business Instagramming. I mean, and it, <laughs> it's funny you should ask because I did have a Facebook page before I started all this, right? Like before I even became a barber. The only reason I have Facebook is because I had, my, my daughter bought me my first iPod when I refused to give up my flip phone for like Easter or something. So then I had to carry two devices, right? I had to carry an iPod and a flip phone. So of course I used that iPod to my advantage, right? Taking great pictures of sporting events and, and all that. And, and, you know, having a calculator on hand was always nice. <laughs> that was cool. Um, but I started playing Family Feud right as a game. And I remember it said in there, like, double your coins if you play with friends from Facebook. So I called up a couple of friends. I'm like, yo, you want to be my friend on Facebook? Like I want to double my coin, blah blah blah. And a couple of people said, Yeah. So I had the same, <laughs> the same seven people as friends with like six thousand messages from four years prior, because when we tried to set up my account. The guy who put it in said, your your name already exists. You already have a Facebook. I'm like, I don't have a Facebook. You already have a Facebook. And we went back and we found it. And it was from, like I said, it was 6,000 posts that I never responded to or messages. So we had to reevaluate uh, re- the whole uh, social media um, platform for myself personally. And I still don't have one personal. I don't have one personal. I need one to have the business one, but I don't use it. I don't. I don't go on it. The only reason that I signed up for this because I became a barber to avoid technology, right? Otherwise, I wouldn't have been in computer science or something, right? Like, this is not really what I thought I was going to be doing when I when I went into the hair business. But understanding that once we put that first Instagram b- video up or a picture, and I seen how it resonated through my friends initially, and, um, you know, we just kept putting pictures up and I was happy and, and proud to show off the work that we were doing. Right. And it, it just became not addictive, but it became my number one source, uh, my number one outlet where I didn't have to be out there telling people I, you yeah, can. Yeah. I, I, that could validate what I'm telling you I do. This is what I do. Yeah. Here's my card. Go check it out. And you tell right, me right. what it is like. I'm not going to tell you this is what I think is good that I'm doing. You let me know. And they did, and I remember telling one of the parents, I had one lady criticize me for something, man, and, and, oh, it was a, it was uh, a, I hate to even give this, I I hope he's not watching, because I don't want to give this guy no credit, but he was like, man, I can't believe, I can't believe all you do is cut kids with autism. What about the rest of the kids? I was like, buddy, are you kidding me? Like, you... You're exactly why I don't have a personal one, dude. Because if it was personal, I'd have to tell you about yourself right now, right? <laughs> like, like I don't understand. Like people got nothing else to do, and but so I was instantly turned off again. And my side was validated. Like look at this jerk. Like this is what I have to deal with. Like I'm not dealing with it. But then immediately the next day, I told a parent because I was I was floored that somebody said that to me, and I told this mom who was sitting here with her 22, 23 year old son at the time, I was shaving his face. And I told her that. And this lady, you can see, she sat up in the chair. She said, what's, what's the name? I'm like, oh, I don't know the name. Well, what, what day was this? This was in message? What day was this? And I kept giving her the information. She goes, don't worry, honey. We're going to take care of this for you. And she started a rally cry, man. Like all the, the mama tigers, man. They went out there and they got this guy. Like they put him in his place. And she came back and she told me, don't worry. We got you. Just keep doing what you're doing. And we will then I started telling her, I started telling her like, this is why I don't do social media. I don't have the personality. I'm not this sensitive. You know, I'm very transparent. People don't always like that all the time. They take it as defensive, but this is why I don't do it. She said, honey, you just keep cutting hair and we will take care of it for you. And once that happened and, you know, I was a little hesitant in the beginning because it was picking up so much steam on Facebook and Instagram that, you know, I was pretty much at the time a one man band. Right. Someone's kept my 30 my year old son, who is a barber, who is a self promoter, you know, he promotes himself tremendously through social media. And, you know, Ro came on board and we started talking about, you know, getting a little bigger. I was hesitant to get bigger because I didn't have the help. Right. And now Rose here and kind of solidified for me that I can count on her now. And, you know, we can handle the influx when it comes because I knew it was going to come.
2: 2,000 comments in uh,
3: one day. Yeah, but I mean, that's... I'm but, just saying the community stick is there. Well, that's... I mean, we didn't even get to TikTok yet, right? Because that is what happened, right? The mm-hmm. I knew... My son was telling me, listen, once you get on TikTok, things are going to change for you. And, but I thought, all right, just more people, right? It wasn't just more people. Like, it was the people, right? The, mm-hmm. the Everybody. It's you, you know, Sean and Brian, and, and everybody that's listening to Sean and Brian, and... <laughs> You know, it's the people at the schools and it's the politicians and, you know, it's the special needs community that are reaching out. So um, I don't I don't put much into and, you know, I hate to say this out loud and I don't know how this is going to be received. But at the end of the day, I appreciate all the comments, even the bad ones. Right. Because you got to take the bad so you can figure out what you're yep, doing yeah. wrong. Right. If no one tells right. you that it's wrong, how you going to do it? Right. So I all of it. I welcome all of it. The only thing is I can care less about reading any of it. Right? I appreciate it all. But I don't use it because even the good ones, I do not want to come to work and have a preconceived idea of what you guys think I should be doing. I'm gonna to come to work and do me every day. And if that works, great. If it doesn't, I'm sorry. But you can only get the real me. I'm not gonna come here. I can't fake this, right? Because these clients have to feel me. A lot of what I do. <clears throat> Give me a water, please. I'm sorry, I'm coughing. Um you That's know, a lot of what right. do, like I said, starts at the door with the trust. And if I'm trying to be fake and talking with them something, these kids survive on their right Instagram, right. right? They are not right gonna right. fall for my crap. <laughs> and which is why I don't have a problem doing what I'm doing because I just have to keep it real. If you just keep it real, there's nothing to do. Just come, just be you. Be you, and you don't have to do anything. There's nothing to do. So I think when Instagram or TikTok, I'm sorry, first came like that to me. So. We put our first video up like um, in March, right? And it was, a uh, man, I'll never forget this kid. This kid, man, I, I can't wait to make this kid a poster child. So um, this kid was, he came into me. His mom called me crying on the phone. She asked, she asked uh, if I can help. I said, I'll do my best. This lady was going with her 15-year-old son as well as her 19, 20-year-old college student son supporting they were going to another shop, you know, a couple of towns away, more or less a salon as opposed to a barbershop. They were going to this place for six years. And one day this lady showed up with her kid, with her service dog and her brother. And at the door, the lady put her foot up to the door, opened the door and told them, I cannot help you anymore. And sent this lady to the curb, dude, crying. Wow. <clears throat> wow. Sorry. Thank you. So when she told me that, man, the juices in my head, my mission was, I told the mom the other day, I can't wait for this kid to be in my chair on his own terms, because we are going to send a nice thank you letter to the other shop. We are going to let the, thank you for the opportunity so I can do this. Thank you. It's still gonna happen. That's not done. I'm not, I'm not letting her get away with that. that that's going to happen. Um, love that, love but that, that video that we put up, um, it, it took, when someone woke me up the next day like, oh my God, you have 300,000 views. I was like, come on, get out of here. 300,000 people, get out of here, really? Didn't think anything of it. The next morning we were at a million three. I was like, what?
2: A million three, are they the same people
3: over and over again, like that's the same people? <laughs> Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we are now, right? Five months we you know, not now, but back there, four months, five months after that, we were at four point five million, right? People started reaching out, right? I mean we had a couple of organizations, which I hope they reach back to me. Um you know, they reached out to me just to comment on you're doing a wonderful thing, you're doing God's work, placing heaven for you, right? All the all the good stuff you wanna hear and I was like, okay, that's great that everyone's receiving it, but where, where's everybody that wants to help, right? Everyone wants to say what a good job it is, but now we need some help. Um, So at 4.5 million, I thought that was great, and to me, it was so easy to get 4.5 million because that cut that's in that video, I do four or five times a month, chasing a kid around, could take two hours, we could take a half inch off at every hour, right? It doesn't there's no time frame for that. Um, when we put the second video up, I guess the ones that you guys seen, that's at 10 million now on TikTok and is, is is being received and viewed like 35 million times on Twitter. I mean, I think I added up the total views on all the platforms. I think we're up like 210 million views. Oh my on, gosh. Right? Like to me it's absolutely overwhelming to me that so many people could be interested in what i'm doing and i don't feel like i'm doing anything it's such a it's a weird feeling to to it's a weird feeling to try to absorb to be honest with you and i mean you asked me how did i know that you know the social media like i don't know right because i don't believe we're done here like we're going to keep on keeping on right this isn't done this is the beginning So how it's going to turn out, ask me this question again in another 15 years, right? And I can probably tell you something different, right? Because I'm sure if I keep doing what I'm doing and it's being received the way it is, um, I'm sure we're going to continue to do more great things in the future. And not just in a, you know, a small aspect here in my shop with three stations, right? There's kids all over the world. The, the, The week after I put that second viral video up, like two weeks ago, I physically took phone calls on my cell phone from... The UK, Canada, and Thailand. It's like somebody reached out to me from Thailand to tell me what a good job I was doing. Like it's it's unbelievable. It's and incredible. there's no there's no end to this, right? You ask me how it helped. I don't know. Like right now we're we're good at this point, right? We'll see how it turns out. <laughs> but incredible. Yeah. 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 Incredible. Sean,
1: I know you're you are sort of just <laughs> I'm just taking it in. I'm just taking it in. I'm taking it in. Because you know, we always say that you know, we would end the show after a while. I got to a point where I thought about it and I said, you know, there's no such thing as special needs. Everyone has the same needs. Yes. All you have, you might need special mechanisms and accommodation, right. but right. A special approach needs to be heard. Right, right. Special approach, and every, right? And everything you're talking about in terms of face the challenges that were set before you, um, how you respond to um, your dignity being challenged or helping other people when their dignity gets challenged, and then other people who might be listening that might want to start a a business, a purpose-driven business. There's so many different things to take from what you're saying. So I'm just sitting back, taking it all in, and I'm hoping that the people that are listening, and I'm sure they are, uh, whether they're listening live or after the fact on various platforms. I'm like, wait a minute, that's what I could take from this. That's what I could take from that. What you're doing is you're feeding the people right now. And it is my hope, and I'm sure they will. Listen, Don, I hope doing. I'm not feeding them too much, man. Don't be everybody opening up a barbershop over in your town, man. Come to come,
3: come <laughs> see your kind of cuts, man. <laughs> go, go go to culinary school. Go to culinary school.
1: You don't have anything to worry. You don't, and here's what you did. Right there. Right there, you just provided a teaching moment because no matter what we accomplish, sometimes it's easy for us to forget that what we do and what is made for us, no one can take away. And what you did in a vulnerable moment just now is you still like, well, wait a minute, I, I, I'm I, doing this thing and I feel so, so called and it's. So much purpose. I hope nobody comes and opens a shop and they take that away. They could open fifty of them. It's not gonna take it away because it's only you guys. Only you know, you guys. Um,
3: I had conversation. I would, we had this convers. I have had this conversations uh, a few times, to be honest with you, because I guess I, I guess it would be just for validation purposes. Like I always try to put the feelers out to my clients, especially you know some of the 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 more solidified parents. You know. Um, I always question how how, how are you viewing me, right? Like, what do you think about this, right? Just to kind of... Somebody told me once, which is a, a great model that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to abide by right now. I heard it from somebody. It might be a famous quote. I'm not sure. And sorry if it's a copyright thing, but someone told me that if you're the smartest one in your circle, you're in the wrong circle. Right. Yeah, you know, right? So, you know, you never right. So, yes, I'm, I'm learning that now, right? So everybody can help me, you know, move on. And I've been told that what you just said, that they can open 50 shops. One of the moms told me, she said, if the shop across the street decided to be an autism shop or specialty special needs shop, you would put them out of business in a month, right? And, you know, it means a lot to me, but at the end of the day, you know, um, like I said earlier, if this just becomes a job and, you know, taking away from me going to my daughter's basketball games and, you know, going to see the, the softball tournament down the shore... That, you know, which I miss, you know, if I, if I don't capitalize on that and believe that, you know, what I'm doing is special, then I might as well just go to the softball game. Right. <laughs> but I do believe what I'm doing here is special and I, and not to be in a, a cocky mode, but that's kind of the motivation that's driving me right now that if I do turn out to be the only one like me, then the more people we can affect in a shorter period of time, the more beneficial it's going to be for everybody. Right. Yeah, I'm, not 33, I'm not 32 years old. Right. I'm 53 years right, old. Right, you right, know, right. They didn't have the, the healthiest upbringing. You know, unfortunately for me, I lost three friends right before COVID at 50 years old. They left behind nine mm-hmm. kids. I was fortunate enough to make it through COVID to not find out that I didn't have heart disease or diabetes. Right. I mean, that's how a lot of people found out. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. So and then to come out and open up and do what I'm doing now at 53 years old. Like I completely understand everybody has an expiration date. And, you know, yeah. it scares the crap out of me, not not on the religious side. Uh, you know, I'm not afraid of the end result because I know it happens to everybody. But just that, that uh, an adage that I heard a long time ago, which it, it didn't come into effect until now, is like people are more will regret more the things they didn't do than the things that they did do. Absolutely. Right. And I feel like I, there's so many things I did not do. And this cannot be another one that we don't complete. Right. Or yeah. or, or solidify. Right. Like, yeah. My yeah, son's yeah. a barber he comes to my shop and he looks at me like I'm crazy, right? Mm-hmm. But I also instill the same values that I have in him, right? So although you're you're more concerned about getting somebody's beard lined up so they can go to Hoboken, I'm trying to make sure that a kid can go to school with some dignity tomorrow, right? So, but our, our tools are the same. We do the same job at the end of the day. My 13 year old daughter has been here with me, you know, scraping tile from day one and taking down wallpaper. You know, she can do payroll, she does credit cards, she takes the appointments, she keeps my shop clean, right? She says no, but she sits here and watches me with these kids on the floor. And, you know, she's getting me a new fidget. She's getting me a tissue for their nose, right? She says no, but <laughs> she's, she's coming through the pipeline. Right? So, <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. He's coming Amazing. through the pipeline. <laughs> you know, she had a, she asked, she asked me a question the other day. Uh, my birthday yeah. was just on like Father's Day. I'm oh, sorry, Mother's Day. Uh, you know, mine's the 13th, Mother's Day. I think it was the 14th this year. But my birthday was there, so my my daughter gave me a card from from your favorite daughter or your favorite child, and she made sure that she let her brother know that you know she was <laughs> the favorite child, and they went back and forth, back and forth. So when I called him, he was at his house. I called him on Faze to thank him. I had him on Facetime or speaker, and she was sitting there. And he said to me, like, Dad, I think she's old enough. You can tell her now. She can handle the truth. Tell her what? That I'm the favorite child. I've always been the favorite child. And I will always be the favorite child. <laughs> and uh, I was like, all right, well, here we go. I got everybody's attention. Here we go. Everybody pay attention. Nico, my son, you are the most important, right? Because you have to carry on the family tree. My daughter, Zoe, she's the most important person in my life, right? She's my daughter, and, you know, what I do every day, I get up for both of my kids, right? Yeah, but what I do on a daily basis, because she lives with me, right? And, and teaching her about integrity and doing the right thing, because it's the right thing to do, not because it's the popular vote, right? That, those are the things um, that, that I take away from this the most, right? Like, they get to see, as I said in another interview, like, sometimes people are dealt a pair of twos, but you got to treat them like aces. Right, right. right, you treat everybody the same until they give you a reason not to. Right, so right. we don't right. we don't look at these kids. And Brian, Sean, I think you said it before. I, to be honest with you, I don't look at these children when they come in as a problem or special needs. I don't look at it like that because I have adults that have the same quirks, you know, that have no sensory issues. Right. Right. You still need a water. You still need to touch your eyebrows five times. Like you, whatever it is, you do, you do, yeah. right? Yeah. And I allow you to do that. So. Why wouldn't I allow this kid to cry, kick, or even try to punch me in the face, right? I mean, that's what he does. That's what he does. That's what you do. That's what you do. At the end of the day, you know, I can't pay my rent with handshakes and a smile, right? So <laughs> you, two things have to happen. You need a haircut, and I need a job. So have a seat.
2: <laughs> hey, have
3: a seat, all right? I mean, you you want to go tell my daughter that she can't go get Starbucks later, right? Yeah. You tell her. I'm not telling her right? That's what's going to happen. There's, if I have to do it for a smiles and handshakes, that's what's going to happen. And she's not going to be happy. So,
0: There's your one-minute clip, Sean. There's your one-minute clip right there. That's yeah, right. there you I, I didn't
1: forget right. about you, Sean. I didn't forget about you on this cast, but I got you. <laughs> yeah, no, is there's, there's, it, it's everybody needs validation, right? And, and, and no matter how, you know, if you read stories about the greatest people, uh, artists, athletes, Uh, actors singers whoever as much as it's assumed that they're just so great that they have to know how people appreciate what they do there's still like there's still a need to hear it and we're not talking about ego we're talking about being seen and And That's that everybody needs yeah sure yeah it's something that everybody needs Hey, I just want to add, say one thing, because by
0: the way, Billy, this is, I will tell you honestly, we're, we're almost through this episode, and I, I think if I did a word count, this is probably the fewest amount of words that both Sean and I have ever, no uttered. And, no yet, and yet got so much information across, it was absolutely, absolutely amazing, but I want so to you, this before. So
3: what are you saying, if I don't become a hairdresser, I could be a podcast host, is that what you're saying? I
0: mean, uh, so many things, there's so, so many I things, can... okay. it doesn't matter. What you choose to do, because clearly your heart and your spirit is in the right place. So doesn't matter what you do, my friend. You could have been the, you could have been just an average chef, but the love and 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 everything that you put into it would make you the greatest chef in the world. So, uh, well, well I'm, man, I'm, that, thank awesome, you so much
3: friend. for that, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. But I want to say this for,
0: for for others to to who are hearing this. I mean, I think it's such an amazing thing, and I've noticed that you threw a, that you have a GoFundMe up on your on on your Instagram as well. So I mean it's great that people are like, oh, this is the greatest thing and you're getting a lot of attention and everything, but but you guys also need some financial support, some financial help, right? And yeah, to yes. be able to expand and everything. I'm gonna throw it up here on the screen and then hopefully we'll we'll put it up on the on the on the show notes too for any, anybody who's gonna see this after the fact and you know just want to support you and support the effort that you're doing to throw this in the GoFundMe. At some point off offline, Sean and I will have a conversation with you about it something that some things that we can do. To help you and your you know to, to get to that that goal of financial independence but i think what you're doing is such an amazing gift to so many people and you're a stand for so many people that i hope that those who who cannot be in nutley uh, new jersey but can can actually make a contribution and can help you to expand what it is it you're doing and i i think no you have in your kind of cuts all across the country in an organization that you control and that you run and that you um, if you can, well, if you could clone yourself a few times, that well, would listen,
3: be. I, I want to thank I want to thank you for that because I don't want people to to get the be uh, have a misinterpretation of of what that GoFundMe page is really up there for. I mean, people like you said, everybody wants to ask, and they might not be able to get to Nutley. They don't even know where Nutley is. Some of these people, right? So that we 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 achieved a little bit of what we were trying to do with the initial GoFundMe page, which was, you know, to get ourselves a nice canopy. And so we can go out into the schools and go to these events. You know, these banners behind me were part of it, part of the canopy, the tablecloth thing. So we did it. We, we, we did do that. And rather than shut it down, you know, there was a, a little thing, I believe in there that said, although this event has been closed, you can still contribute. Right. So we changed that recently when I seen, you know, um, how accommodating everybody was after the last video for exactly what you said, Sean, that people want to help, but they don't, they're not in Nutley, right? So we took that money that was just generated in the last month. And we, we just ordered all new fidget walls and sensory boards and interactive projections for the kids that can interact with the lights and stuff. So, um, that is all fine and dandy. My daughter will be fine without a pool and I don't need a new Cadillac. What I need is some tuition money so I can have some leverage on getting people to help. I can't stress that enough that all this will go to wayside if we cannot continue to keep on what we're doing. This is just a glorified, happy life for me. And at the end, it doesn't help anybody. And again, if I gotta miss all my daughter's softball games for nothing at the end of it, man, I mean, nothing more, than just a job so that money is going to be used for tuition we're trying to influence some young people or even some older people to maybe change careers at 39 right and go to hair school and do something I don't want the excuse to be money right so people want to help just please let them know that's where the money is going you know here in Jersey barber school is you know, probably $15,000 right um, probably nine months out of your life full time three to six at night, right? Part time is a little longer because it's only a couple hours a night. Um but the um you know it's expensive and I I don't have it right now, right? I mean um um I don't have it because there's just two of us and what we're doing together with two of us is making sure we pay yeah. the bills and having clean stuff around right there's no extra right now. So yeah. listen, man, I, I have to be honest with you, I, I think I mentioned it before and not to not to get all too deep and too far ahead. But at the end of the day, man, like if I can solidify my daughter my kid's future today, I would do this for free. I, I truly would because like, it would be so much better to do it for free. Like why, why not? I work because I have bills to pay, man. If somebody, man, if I had that, that, that six figure sitting in there after college tuition, and I know I can, you know, come out to all these towns and States that are calling for me. Right. We have, I have been the invitation for a homemade crawfish in Louisiana, you know, I, I'm going out here for for crabs over here up in Boston, and I got Kentucky people offering
1: me bourbon. Like I want to go, right? I've never been
3: anywhere. I want to go. I would do it for free. But,
1: you know. I'm gonna add something to that. I'm gonna yeah. add something to that. I was thinking in my in, in my head. We've had people on here who have been nominated for and received the CNN Heroes Award, and I was thinking, you know. You should be one of those people. And then I was thinking, we'll talk about it offline. Then I realized I, I looked real quick, I Googled it how to nominate someone for that. And I'm thinking, if we are to maximize moments, right? And this isn't about because this, we, Brian and I created the show to uplift people and shine a light on those who believe in uplifting others as well. And I went to it and it just simply tells you where to go to the page to nominate people. So I'm going to say to everyone listening, live or after the fact, if you move by anything here and you agree, that this is something that people should know about and if we heard what your purpose is in terms of carrying on a legacy and having people in as many positions to help folks as we as as we possibly can right in other words making bigger the tide that will rise all ships then i'm going to implore everyone to go ahead and go to www.cnnheroes.com and nominate (laughs) your kind of cut for cnn heroes award oh wow
3: thank you so thank you so much for that the thought even the thought whether 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 it comes to to realization or not just the thought um and you know how how you i, I thank you for that it's very overwhelming thank you thank you yeah yeah listen really, and, and really just know that just know i am i mean you know i don't know if it resonates through camera or not but i, I am i'm extremely passionate about what i do and um and it's not, it's, it's not to feel sorry for them or, or you know, to uh, feel like they need me for anything. I'm very passionate about what I do because it's good for me too, right? And to, to know that what I'm doing might sometimes be seen selfish in my own mind is being resonated so well on the outside that um, it makes it easy to keep going. Like, you know, you just keep going because... you you just keep going because it's the right thing to do, right? I mean, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not hurting anybody. I feel good. My family feels good. I'm helping other people. And come on, like, I'm sitting here at 3 o'clock in the afternoon sitting in my air-conditioned shop watching you know, my daughter look at new fidget stuff that Amazon just delivered. No plug to Amazon, but, you know. (laughs) Um, You know, this is is a good day, right? We're a good Good day. day. This is a good good day. And I'm happy that you know, I'm sitting here talking to you about something that, A, I had no control over, and, B, I never thought anybody had an interest in, to be honest with you. Like, it's cool. <laughs> Listen,
0: when you, when, you, when you do God's work, he channels through you anyways, right? You, you don't know how
3: you're being used or how you're being viewed. I don't. You just do the work. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Love you know, uh, like, there was, a, um, there was a show that I see, like, I, I don't know. I kind of – I'm kind of looking um, – like through a tunnel sometimes when I look at the end, right? Cause you know, the, the end's inevitable, right? Like it's coming <laughs> nice. and, you know, a lot of, a lot of things like start to stick into my head. And I'll never forget. I was watching a, a, a program. I want to say it was on discovery channel. I think it was Morgan Freeman's inside the wormhole or something like that. Something about space. Right. And at the end of the episode, he said in the grand scheme of things, like in all actuality, we can be the size of a pinhead living inside of a cow's stomach, right? Like, because there's no end to what we can do, there, there's no limits. There's Agreed. no yeah. limit to what you could do. That resonated with me so much, how small and how significant we really are in the grand scheme of things and how, yeah, temporary, how temporary we are, more importantly, right? Temporary, temporary is the big word for me. And if I'm going to be temporary... People are gonna remember me for as long as they can remember, right? So that's how we live forever. That's
1: how we live forever. Right. Everything that's same. what, what I, I
3: tell my kids all the time. Like I am so I'm so tough on you because the only thing that'll carry my legacy is how you walk in the street, how you carry yourself. Right? When people look at you, I want them to say, "Hey, you're just like your dad." Right? Oh, I remember your dad used to do this, or your dad was like that. Right, and I tell her that as I'm disciplining her, like you don't have to like it, dude. I'm not your friend. <laughs> it is what it is, right? But you, dude, this is the way it's gonna happen. So, yeah, you're yeah. working yeah. for me, uh, and you're 13 in this crazy world we live in. You don't even know half the things you think you know. So, <laughs> yeah, listen to what I'm are. saying because I'm I'm seasoned. <laughs>
0: hey, hey, Billy, we want to get this last because we think this will be a valuable answer here. We want to get this last question that we ask everybody at the end of every episode. I'm gonna throw it to Sean. He was gonna ask you a question. I think. It's gonna be valuable for people to hear. Sean, go ahead, because we're kind of at that point.
1: Billy, Billy, we always, we wanna thank you for the time today. It's just been fantastic. We always close the show by answering the following question with the following context. And I'm especially looking forward to your answer, which is this, our ability to change the world, right? Is based on our willingness or ability to change ourselves, right? No matter how great or small. So with that said, right? Give us just one example of a belief that you once held very strong but no longer believed to be true?
2: Oof,
1: wow. Um, <laughs> um, one more time with the question. Guess, yeah, one, two, Give us an example of one belief that you once felt strongly but no longer believed to be true.
3: How uh, you In the grand scheme of life or just in general, in the business? Any, anything, anything no. at all. In general. Um, I I guess road road just kind of fed me. You say it all the time. Probably, well, she said I say it all the time. So I guess I'm I'm gonna go on a smaller scale. I guess if you want the bigger answer, by the book. But for now, about the business, um, when when I first opened, like you know, due to my ignorance to the cause, you know, autism, I didn't know anything about it. I assumed that. Matthew's first haircut and Matthew's 20th haircut were going to be a disaster, right? Because I didn't know anything about it. But after a couple of times and you start to realize that, wait a second, I can really help Matthew. The turning point for me that what I thought what I was doing was being here for the parents to give them one less thing to worry about, right? And, and sit on the couch and do your shopping list while I take care of Matthew. As it turns out, I don't need the parents. So what I thought I was doing for the parents actually turned out to be for the kids. I thought I was opening a place for the parents who helped the parents due to my ignorance to the cause. Then once I started engaging into the cause, I don't need the parent, man, just drop them off and put the credit card in their back pocket. (laughs) So I guess that, I mean, from the work perspective, thank you, bro. But from the work perspective, that is it. And, um, I guess, like in a quick one, really quick on the the, the to answer the same question but on a bigger scale. Sure. Man, people scared the crap out of me when they told me about having kids, right? How hard it was going to be, and it, man, I absolutely love being a parent. I don't find it hard at all because if you're engaged, it's not hard. If you want to try to connect once a week, it's going to be hard because you have no idea what they're doing. But if you stay right. engaged, there's nothing to know. You know, right? You know. And my daughter hates it sitting on the couch with me. So, um, you know, people told me, and I, I assumed it was going to be so hard. Right? It probably did start out hard when you know when, when I didn't have money and didn't have a game plan and didn't have any idea what I was doing as a father. You know, um, now I look at it as a I'm I'm so happy. Like my kids hate the fact that I love being a dad. Like, <laughs> 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 like I, they hate it. Like they they literally hate it. And, you okay. know, even my son going to the city, like. Hey, you're 30 years old. Like, don't forget your credit card. Don't bring your wallet in this time because I don't want to go back to the city tomorrow and get it. And You know, same thing with my daughter. Hey, you're taking your watch, but it only works if it's charged, right? Like, you know, I tell my son the same thing. Like, don't take your car to the city. You need tires, right? Take my car, right? But, you know, I'm still 30 years old. I'm still parenting. So all right
1: well billy i
0: have to say as we as we wrap up this has been in a phenomenal hour i knew it was going to be amazing and uh and again you made our job very easy today because we could just sit back and have you you know talk and espouse you know this, this great message and god bless you and i hope that you have well, continued success And we want to have a lot more conversations with you and for everybody else as sean said cnn heroes let's 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 get billy up there and get acknowledgement for the work that he's doing because it really well, is truly amazing Well, thank
3: you so much again for the acknowledgement sean and brian for your time and i'm sorry if i i didn't over talk i mean i have to be honest with you i'm 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 starting to really appreciate and love where i am in in you know my daily routine and in my life and um you know, if people can complain about all the bad things, then I feel I can come on and, you know, shed some light on some of the good stuff. Right. And I love to talk. Girl. I'm a people person. I didn't make it through my life, you know, sitting in a cubicle. Right. So right. I'm a, I love what I do. I love going out. Even my daughter's friends hate coming out with me because like, oh, my God, your dad talks to everyone. I'm like, but you have That's to talk. That's dad. how you learn. Right. Me That's too. how you learn That's from right. people. Right. You learn by talking to people. Oh, uh, uh, it was a pleasure to be yeah. on. It was my pleasure. Thank you. And uh, if there's ever anything you need from me, I'll be more than happy. And uh, thank you. Yeah, we would like to send thank you me. some some merchandise if you don't mind when we disconnect exactly. before we hang up. I want to send you guys some merchandise. We'll, we'll do that. Let, we'll we'll wrap up here and then we'll stay on All every right. week as no we as we close this out. Yep. So,
0: so right. I just want to for everybody to know. Uh, listen, empathy and love always more important, uh, mostly important today too. See somebody, you see a situation that you don't really understand. Don't judge. Have some empathy. And if you look at the world through the glasses, through the lenses of love, the world is just a better place. You know, love to having this time with you, Sean. I'm going to throw it to you to close us out, and we'll wrap it up, and then Billy will have will stay on for a few minutes.
3: All right, but thank you, ahead, Sean.
1: Thanks everyone again for tuning in. Remember, questions are more powerful than statements, and sometimes the question is in fact the answer. Let's try to be a little bit more childlike and less childish. And wherever you are within the sound of our voices, thank you for tuning in, and we love you. We love you.